I got to tell you, there are some things in life that absolutely amaze me. Is there anything in life that just amazes you? Have you ever experienced it? You just go, wow. You just, you, you get speechless and you don't know what to say, how to respond. It just amazes you. One of the things, if you don't know, my, my family, we love to go see my in-laws at Christmas. And um, we travel through the, the Utah, uh, Arizona, Nevada area going north on 15, if you've ever been that route, all the way to Grand Junction, Colorado. And it is breathtaking. I've got a couple of images I wanted to show you. These are actual pictures that I took. Take a look at this first one. Um, just gorgeous, gorgeous land over in the Utah Virgin River Pass areas where we travel north on Interstate 15. And I know you can't really get the impact of the pictures. Go ahead to the next one. It's just, it's like, wow, you're driving in the midst of monument. I mean, that's kind of what I feel like. It's just, it's just gorgeous. Look at this next one. I love this one. Look at that one. <laughs> you can tell where we were taking that one. Anyway, I won't say that I was using my phone. But, um, you know, <laughs> listen, listen, it's, it's amazing. There's so, so many things that, that amaze me. Another thing that amazes me about living in San Diego is our sunsets. This is another picture I took right out of our kitchen window uh, at our house. Isn't that a gorgeous sunset? If you ever never noticed San Diego sunsets, I think are some of the prettiest sunsets in the world. They're just, they're really pretty. I'm still amazed at my kids you don't know, you saw some of my kids up here, and you'll see them around today, but um, I'm amazed that my kids um, are and will always be a part of who I am as a person and who I am as a dad and, and all that. I'm amazed that after 33 years, my wife still wants to be married to me. Um, that, if you can imagine that on the left there, that's us. That's me. Yeah, that's me, right? All 157 pounds of me at that point, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just amazing to me that she still supports me and, and wants to stay with me and all that after 33 years. I'm amazed at things. I got to tell you, though, there are some things that amaze me up front initially, and then they don't. You ever have things like that? I remember, now this is going to date me, okay, I'm still young, I'm only 52, but I remember getting my first computer to use in an office. This was it. The Apple, dude, and there was no hard drive. So we use these things called floppy disks. If you, you know, like if you were like, you know, 25 and younger, ask somebody, they'll have to explain it to you. But we use these floppy things. I remember getting my first cell phone uh, and learning how to text numerically. <laughs> you ever have to do that? Some of you, you never had the hard time of trying to text with numbers. It's, it's crazy. I remember being a kid and I could hardly wait to grow up and become an adult because I thought it was so awesome and cool. And now I'm here and you're here. <laughs> it's like, wow, sometimes it sucks, right? <laughs> it's like, it's not really what you thought it would be. Wow. Isn't it crazy how things that Amaze us initially become um, every day. How, how they kind of lose the thrill after a while. But there are some things that amazed me in the beginning and still amaze me today. I'm still amazed by the love of God. We sung about that today. The Apostle Paul says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. I love this part right here. While... Even though, despite the fact that we were sinners. I don't know about you, but I find it hard to love people that love me back sometimes. But to love somebody that never even has an idea of loving me, that's what this verse is saying. God loved you 
even when you never loved him. I'm still amazed by the mercy of God. Man, where would we be without the mercy of God in our lives? The Apostle Paul, he again writes this, God is so rich in mercy and he loves us so much that even though, there it is again, even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Jesus from the dead. That's what this day celebrates. It's what Easter is all about, Resurrection Sunday. Something else I'm amazed is the, love, uh, the grace of God. While mercy, get this, mercy is not receiving what I deserve. Grace is receiving something that I could never earn or deserve. The grace of God is amazing. The grace of God is amazing in your life and in my life. The Apostle Paul, once again, he says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. What a gift. The grace of God. And then... Lastly, and probably more important than anything else, I'm amazed, still amazed, by Jesus. I hope you are. The writer Luke, he he says something about Jesus in his account. It's one of the Gospels. If you ever wonder what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're not, you know, it wasn't John, Paul, Ringo. It it wasn't the Beatles. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're, they're, they're writers of the first four books of the New Testament, and, and they're called the Gospels. And basically, it's just a description, a story, an account, a narrative of the life and ministry of Jesus here on earth. And in Luke's account, Luke says something. There's a verse, you saw it earlier in the video. There's a verse that grabs me every time I read it. Uh, Luke 5, verse 26 says this. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. Luke was writing about something that Jesus did. We're going to talk about that. But Jesus is still amazing. I believe that. I hold to that. And I hope that today, before you leave this place, you will be amazed by Jesus even in your life. So let's pick up the account. Verse 17. Take a look. It's on your outline if you want to follow along or if you want to follow on the screens as well. Or if if you've got a Bible with you or a mobile device, Luke 5 is what we're looking at today. Verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching while some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the what? Crowd. Because of the crowd, they couldn't reach him. Now, I I kind of imagine the story, and I know I just kind of pour my imagination into it, but I kind of imagine that there was a disruption going on. I mean, Jesus is obviously inside. He's teaching to a crowd. A crowd has gathered. Honestly, if you want to know where Jesus is, you just look for the crowd because the crowd gathered everywhere Jesus was. And there were so many people gathered inside and around this building or house, wherever they were, that no one could get inside, especially someone carrying a man on a mat, a paralyzed man. They couldn't get in. And so I I kind of imagine this commotion on the outside as these four guys are are approaching, carrying this mat, this stretcher, this friend of theirs, and they're carrying it. I can imagine them saying, hey, clear the way. We got to get this guy to Jesus. Make, make space. Make room. Here we go. We got to go through here. Nobody's moving. Nobody's budging. They're not letting them in. Too many people. They were desperate, but they, they couldn't get in to see Jesus. They couldn't get their friend to Jesus. Sometimes people can be obstacles. Listen, I wasn't even going to put this in the study today, but this is for somebody today. Sometimes people can be obstacles to others receiving help from Jesus. 
In fact, sometimes people stay in the way. They get in the way of, of us getting to Jesus. On the other hand, you got these guys carrying their friend, and they're doing everything they can to help their friend experience Jesus. You need to know we have some people like that right here at Pathway Church today. They've been working hard all week, actually for several weeks. Some of the things that you are experiencing, the technology, the music, the outside events, all the way from the kids' way classes to greeters and everything else, this is a buildup for today because we want you to experience Jesus. We want you to experience all that he wants to do in your life. They're doing everything they can. They have been all week. They're now doing everything they can to help you experience Jesus. So I imagine this guy... This paralyzed man waking up that morning, <laughs> just put yourself in, in his life for just a moment. Think about it. He's getting ready for his normal day, and his normal day probably consisted of somebody helping him get up, somebody helping him get dressed, somebody helping him get something to eat, somebody helping him, carrying him over to where he would lie or sit and beg, probably at some gate area through throughway of where people would be walking in and out. And that was his routine every day. It's how he survived. He had to beg. And so this day he got up and he was thinking his friends are coming to take him to the place where he could lay and he could beg. But not this day. No, no, no. This day his friends decided to help their friend experience Jesus. They heard that Jesus was in town. They heard that Jesus was nearby. And it's like, you're not going to where you normally go today. We're taking you to see Jesus. Look what it says. So they went up to the roof. Because they couldn't get in, they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. That, that don't miss this. This is really important. They're breaking into the roof. I mean, just think about it today. If all of a sudden we're in this room and we're doing what we're doing right now, and all of a sudden the roof just cracks open, and somebody, you see people on the other side of this roof, they have just opened up a hole in this roof. I mean, these guys are innovative. These guys are resourceful. For some people, if they'd have got there and they'd have found the obstacle of the crowd, they, they probably would have just shrugged and said, oh, well, it's too crowded. Maybe it'll happen next time. Let's just go home. But not these guys. These guys refuse to give up. Whatever it takes, Jesus is teaching, and all of a sudden, pieces of the roof start falling to the floor, stop, start dropping down in front of him. And moments later, there's a hole in the roof, and look what it says, verse 19. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd. Notice where? Right in front of Jesus. Huh. Now, something I, I notice here. This didn't bother Jesus at all. I mean, I mean, he didn't say, hey, whoa, wait, hey, man, we got something going on here. You just interrupted everything. What are you doing? No. Put yourself in the, in the place of this paralyzed man once again. You just interrupted everything that this rabbi, this teacher, Jesus, was doing. A little embarrassed you probably feel. A little anxious. Probably wondering what Jesus is going to do, how he's going to react. Maybe that's how you feel today. I mean, maybe you've come into this place and maybe you haven't been in church in a, in a long time. You're kind of wondering if the walls and the roof are even going to stand. 
because, you know, it, this is just a place you are not in all that much. And, and you're kind of anxious today. You're kind of worried today. Maybe you're a little bit insecure and wondering what this is all about. And, and, and maybe you come into this place and you say, man, you know, I got some stuff in my life and I'm just, I don't feel very comfortable here. It's okay. It's not going to bother Jesus at all. I mean, Jesus is going to speak into your life. And if you'll let him, he can change things. So I, I think these men were counting on that. Luke tells us that seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, without anything being said, what Jesus noticed was their faith. They believed Jesus would care. They believed Jesus would help. They also believed who Jesus was and that he could do something for their friend. We need to believe that, friends. You need to believe that, that Jesus is approachable and able. He really is. Whatever your issues, whatever your situation, whatever your excuses, whatever your obstacles, come to Jesus. Let Jesus do something in your life. Don't let anything stand in the way. Let nothing keep you back from experiencing what Jesus wants to do in your life because he can change things for you. The writer tells us, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I'm like, wait, wait, what? That wasn't really what he was looking for, right? I mean, these guys lowered him right in front of Jesus, and he's a paralyzed guy laying on the mat. What do you think he was looking for that day? He wanted to what? Walk. And Jesus is like, hey, your, your sins are forgiven. Now, what does that have to do with anything? Where did that come from? Well, it shows us that that Jesus is concerned about what's going on the inside way more than what's going on in the outside of our lives. And let me explain a little bit. The, the Jews, this culture, believed that sickness was always caused by sin. Any kind of sickness, especially really bad sickness. Sickness, disease, all of it. It was, it was caused because you had sin in your life. So if you're sick, if you're broke, if you're suffering, it's because you did something wrong and you deserve it. That's what culture believed. Now what's interesting is we still have that in our culture. It wasn't just in ancient New Testament times, it's it's in our culture too. And what's really crazy is we even find it sometimes with Christians. That there are people who claim to be Christians and yet accept this karma approach and think that sin is always a result. I'm sorry, problems are always a result of sin. Get rid of your sin and your life will get better, is what they say. Yes, listen, yes. We live in a world that's affected by sin. But can I tell you something? A person's sickness isn't always an indicator of sin in their life. Jesus looks at this, this sick man, this paralyzed man, and you know what he sees? He sees someone who needs not just healing, but wholeness. Not just to be set free from being paralyzed. This man needs wholeness in his life. 
He needs to be set free from all of the stigma that was put onto him by culture, maybe something that he even believed himself, that, that I, I cannot ever walk because it's who I am. I am a sinner. I am a bad person. I am a wrong person. And so things will never get better for me. Things will never change in my life. This is the way they will always be. And Jesus is saying, no, it doesn't have to be that way. He can change things for you. So Jesus deals with the real issue by saying, you're forgiven. (laughs) Of all the paralyzing emotions that you and I carry, guilt is tough. I mean, come on. I think nothing is worse than guilt. Guilt robs us of our life. Guilt steals our joy. Guilt destroys our relationships. We were never meant to carry a load of guilt around in our lives. That's why Jesus went to the cross. I mean, look at what Paul tells us. The Apostle Paul says, God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away. By nailing it to a cross. He took it away. Jesus doesn't want this man living with guilt in his life. Friends, Jesus doesn't want you living with guilt in your life. Paul says we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his eyes. For he did this through Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. So, So here's this paralyzed guy right in front of Jesus. And Jesus says, you're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Verse 21, but the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? Only God can forgive sins. Whoa, 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 wait, what? These religious leaders, they were there and they were listening. In fact, the religious leaders, Jewish religious leaders always followed Jesus because Jesus was kind of like a renegade. I mean, yeah, he was a religious teacher in and of his own right, and he had all of the credentials and all this, but he was a renegade. I mean, this guy was coming from way outside the the boundaries of religion of their day. And Jesus was challenging what religion was all about by basically saying it's not about religion, it's about having a relationship with God. That's what Jesus was talking about. And so in this situation, these religious leaders are on the side and they're saying, wait, this guy just said to that man, your sins are forgiven. He can't forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. Hmm. Culture deemed these guys the experts on God. These guys were basically the ones who determined what God could and could not do. Hmm. They didn't believe that God would forgive this way. I mean, in their estimation, they believed that you had to live with a life full of guilt. I mean, here comes this guy, a man obviously plagued by sickness because of the sin in his life. Why else would he be paralyzed? 
And this guy, Jesus, is now saying that his sins are forgiven. Wait a minute. According to Jewish law, this man hasn't offered a sacrifice. He hasn't prayed. He hasn't done anything religious to get good with God. So how can you say that he's okay with God? They react. So Jesus responds. Don't miss this. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? And then he poses this question that's almost like a riddle. He says, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? Do you know the answer to that? I do. It would be easier to say your sins are forgiven, right? I mean, come on. Let's just think about it logically, practically. If I walked up to you and I just said to you, your sins are forgiven, and somebody on this side said, no, you can't do that, and I could say to you, prove it. How are you going to prove? How are you going to deny that I have just forgiven this person's sins? That's what Jesus is saying, which is easier, to say, your sins are forgiven or you're healed? Of course. It would be easier to say your sins are forgiven. Anybody can say that. But if you say get up and walk to a paralyzed man, guess what? The dude's got to get up and walk, right? If he doesn't move, you got to leave because whatever you say is not true. It'll completely deny you. And then along with this question, which is easier? If I say to you, you are forgiven, or if I say to you, get up and walk, Jesus says, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins. You got to know this phrase, the Son of Man, okay, he's talking like third person, and sometimes Jesus does this, but he's using a phrase that is so rich in meaning All throughout the Old Testament, which is the Jewish scriptures, all throughout the Old Testament in in Isaiah and in Jeremiah and in Daniel, this phrase, the Son of Man, was being used. Jesus is taking this phrase, Son of Man, and he is referencing the fact that he is claiming the identity of the promised Messiah through the prophet Daniel. But also the Son of Man doesn't just talk about the Messiah. The Son of Man refers to the fact that Jesus shares our humanity that he's not just the son of God, but he was also a man. And he identifies with you and me. And he knows what you're going through. And he knows what you're facing and he knows what you're feeling. And when he looked into the eyes of this paralyzed, unnamed man, he felt, he knew. And he said, the Son of Man feels and knows. Jesus says, I'll tell you who I am. Jesus says, I am the Messiah. And I have both authority to forgive sins and the ability, the power to heal this man so that he can walk. And Jesus proves his words to be true, that they are not empty words. Look what he says. Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. 
Jesus is telling this guy to do what this guy has wanted to do all of his life. I mean, come on. He's telling the, this guy the very thing that he has been unable to do. If this guy wanted to go somewhere, he had to have help. Keep in mind, they didn't have wheelchairs then. He had to be carried. Jesus says, I want you to stand up. What? I want you to walk. What? And I want you to go home on your own. What? Jesus was asking him to do what he couldn't do through faith. Most of us have this faith thing all mixed up. We, we think that faith is something we believe. Well, I have faith in that. I have faith in you. It's, it's something that we think. It's, it's an opinion we have, that faith is like a, a philosophy or a conviction. No, that's not faith. Jesus says faith is something you do. It's action-oriented. Faith is doing what Jesus tells you to do, even if it seems impossible, even if it seems crazy, even if you don't know how it's all going to work out. You have faith. You do what Jesus tells you to do. My question to you today is what is Jesus telling you to do? I mean, whatever it is, Whatever Jesus is asking you to do, you know what he's following it up with? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you believe in me? Are you going to do what I'm asking you to do? Jesus is asking you today, are you going to do what I'm asking you to do? Or are you just going to stay the same way you are? Not this guy. <laughs> Not this guy. Because look what it says. Immediately, say that word with me, immediately. That was really weak. Let's try, let's try that again, come on. Immediately, it's like boom, immediately. As everyone watched, the man, what did he do? Jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. He jumped up. There wasn't a struggle, oh, help me up, help me up. I, I haven't done this in a while, help. no, no, no. It was an immediate jump up, and he walked out of the room, dropped the mic, he's gone. Wow. You probably have areas in your life that you'd like to change. But friends, your greatest need is not your issue. Your need is to understand the love and the forgiveness and the power of Jesus. When you realize who Jesus is and what Jesus can do, the smaller your issues become, everything else is minimized. That's exactly what the paralyzed man did. Even though it was impossible for him to stand up and walk, even though Jesus was telling him to do it, he said, I believe I believe, Jesus, in you and what you can do. He took his words, Jesus' words, at face value, against all odds, against all reason. And my question to you is, what change in your life seems impossible today? Because it's not impossible for Jesus. He can set you free. He can change your life. He can do it in a moment. Do you believe? 
Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your job. In, in many ways, every one of us are like this paralyzed man. And, and whatever the issue, you are unable to move. You're paralyzed. And I think that Jesus is saying to you today, I can heal you. I can set you free. I can bring wholeness to your life. You can get moving again. But if you don't do anything, you will never experience what Jesus has for you. And you'll miss out. What would have happened if, if this guy didn't do what Jesus said? Come on, help me out. Well, what would have happened if this guy hadn't done what Jesus said? Nothing. He'd have stayed on the mat. And those four guys on the roof, <laughs> hey guys, come on down. You got to carry him home. He didn't move. So what about you? Are you going to stay the way you are? Are you going to go home the way you came today? If you don't respond to Jesus, you're going to spend another week another month, another season, another year, <sighs> paralyzed. You might get some sympathy from people. Oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Pat you on the back. I'll think about you. I'll pray for you. My heart is with you, right? You don't need sympathy. Listen to me. You need to do what Jesus is telling you to do so you can get moving. It's time you walk again in that area of your life. It's time that you have wholeness, that you walk, that you experience the power of Jesus Christ in that area of your life. Aren't you tired of being paralyzed and staying on your mat? Are you ready for Jesus to heal you and change your life? Jesus will forgive you. He will heal you. He will empower you. But you got to do two things. It's on the bottom of your outline. There's no fill-ins. It's just right there. Because I wanted you to see it today. You've got to believe in who Jesus is and what he can do. And you've got to do whatever Jesus tells you to do. When your faith, that's action, remember. When your faith meets Jesus' power, Amazing things happen. Would you bow your heads with me? I'd ask that everybody would just stay seated for a moment. No looking around, please. Every eye closed. Not going to embarrass you in any way. Not going to do anything that's weird. I just want to talk to you for a moment. I want you to focus. I don't want you to be distracted by anything else. Maybe you're in this space, in this, in this room, and you'd say, man, I'm tired of being paralyzed. Maybe not physically, but in an area of your life, you just say, I'm tired of being paralyzed. I'm tired of being on the mat. And I want to walk. In that area of your life, you'd say, I want to walk. 
tired of being the way I am. I want to change. I want Jesus to change my life. But no one looking around. Right where you sit. If that's you. Jesus is speaking to your heart today. And if you're hearing him. Like I think you are. It's time to respond. You say, Jesus. I hear you. And I don't want to stay the way I am. I want to experience the change in my life that you want to bring into my life. I believe in who you are and what you can do. And no matter what you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Because I want to walk. I don't want to be paralyzed anymore in this area of my life. I want to be set free. I want to be healed. I want to be whole with no one looking around. If that's you today, slip up a hand because I want to pray for you very quickly. Say, that's me today. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Awesome. Just slip it up and slip it down. That's all we need. Awesome. You got to know, people all around you today and the seats around you have been hearing Jesus speak to their heart and they're going to experience the change that Jesus wants to bring in their life. It's going to start today. Maybe you're in this place and you say, wow, this is all new to me. I've never, I've never really thought about Jesus in this way. Maybe you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You, you've never experienced that. This is brand new. If that's you, that's all right. This is a good place to be. It's safe. 